Welcome, this is Donna. And Andrew again. And this is episode number 122 of the Circa 71 podcast for the week of August, let's see, higher math, 16th, 2022. On today's show, all the news about the first Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party. Evening hours extended again at all four theme parks and news about Genie Plus and Bippity Boppity Boutique. This is the Circa 71 podcast. Well, as Jamie is cruising around the Caribbean, Andrew and I are sitting here at home. Anthony's back in school and uh, we're doing some housekeeping. Both literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So first up is, I shouldn't say finally because it's like mid to early August, but uh, finally, because it's been so many years, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party has returned to the Magic Kingdom. So a lot of information came out, a lot of pictures we've seen from that. We've seen a look at the party guide map, which um, has a different look this year. And I actually, I really, really like it. Traditional Halloween colors, the castle and a cute little 50th emblem. Yeah, for sure. I like the kind of castle that they've done where they've almost like haunted houseified it. <laughs> Um, it's like a, bl- a black outline with the, you know, the classic, like the yellow kind of lights, almost, you know, like a creepy haunted house castle would look. And I kind of like the Casper with the Mickey ears on. Super cute. Very, very, very cute. Um, normal trick or treat trails. Nothing so crazy there. Of course, they're, you know, all the guests are talking about where you get the, the most candy and the biggest candy bars. And um, of course, all the signature sponsor candy by Mars and Wrigley. And I believe they were getting... Um, you're getting like a, a bag of M&Ms as you tapped in, correct? I think it's down that first. You know how, Andrew, when you go to the right, um, that kind of access oh, way? Yes, 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 for sure. I'm sorry. I I'm read the wrong story, I guess, or misread it. But yes, lots of delicious stuff. The tagline is, let's boo this, which obviously is very cute. Um, very excited to have it back. Um, we have a few friends that we know that are going to a couple of different parties and excited to see what happens. And a bunch of my clients. But yes, let's start with friends. And Jamie will be there. That's true. And Jamie is going to the second night, which we've talked about. Well, not we, but Donna and Jamie have talked about that the second night is also sold out. I have to say one of my favorite specialty desserts, and there are some people who downright refuse to purchase food when they're at um, party events like this. But one of my my favorite ones is Worms and Dirt Funnel Cake, how stinking cute, um, served at Sleepy Hollow. Um, so it's the funnel cake topped with chocolate ice cream, yum, 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 chocolate cookie crumbs, gummy worms, and Billy chocolate piece. And yes, that Billy. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you can't go wrong with funnel cake and worms and dirt and you put them together just delicious and come on that nod of billy from um uh hocus pocus come on it doesn't get much better than that yeah no for sure definitely my turn (laughs) um and then one of the things that is new this year right on the map it says at the end of your not so scary night pick up a complimentary Halloween-themed 50th anniversary celebration commemorative print as you exit the park. It's the least they could do with how much you're paying to go to the party. Oh, come on, Andrew. Like, to me, this is... I'm not going to say it's up there with the exclusivity of the one that we got when we went October 1st for the actual 50th, but I think it's really cool. True, true. No, for sure. And it looks like it's a really, really cool print. Jamie. Oh, Jamie. 
Go through the line twice. Oh, Andrew, you can't do You're terrible. Good grief. Um, in any case, if you are heading to the event, um, report back. Let us know what you think. Uh, a couple more pieces of information came out from that parade that we wanted to quickly go over here. Um, Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear have been removed from Mickey's Boo to You parade at Magic Kingdom. Um, I don't think any of us are surprised to hear this news. It still makes me sad. I still get angry about the whole situation. So I'll just say um, they are for sure not there. No, for sure. And I have a question for you, Don. Which do you like better, the Boo to You parade or the, um, it's slipping my mind, the Christmas parade? Oh, I think the music of the Boo to You, like just saying Boo to You, I'm singing the freaking song. Boo to you. And you and you and you and you and you. Happy Halloween. So like that piece of it, like there's nothing like that. But I also love like Santa Claus being in the parade. And I love um, the the toy soldiers who are actually playing the trumpets through their toy soldier costumes. And on the flip side, I love the grave diggers and, and the sparks that they they spark up with their shovels. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Boo to You just because I feel like like we've seen pictures. Um, I don't know. Are we giving spoiler alerts about the character that I mentioned to you earlier? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, Max dressed up in his Halloween costume as Powerline. So Max, goofy son. So I think that that's really neat. I think just the entertainment value, I like Boo to You better than... Um, than the Christmas parade just for that Christmas parade very pretty look at the music is amazing as always the soldiers but I think the entertainment wise I like the boot you parade better fair enough and the last thing that we're going to say that is um Halloween related is about merchandise and Jamie and I besides magic bands really don't talk about merch Jamie but talks about magic bands Jamie does <laughs> but this time I have three words for you and anyone else who wants to listen I am Groot. As a pumpkin. Oh, my God. Yes, it's a very adorable plush, um, and it's basically Groot coming out of, like, a jack-o'-lantern. And the jack-o'-lantern might even be, that, is that rocket, maybe? I think so. Okay, so a rocket jack-o'-lantern. Obviously, it's soft. It's a plush, um, but it is Groot popping out of the jack-o'-lantern. It just looks adorable. So, $29.99 for... Another plush, and we have a million, so I don't think that's going to end up in the, in our house, but um, I am Groot. A freaking adorable. Next thing we're going to talk about tonight is finally some more movement over at Tron. So um, the newest milestone, if you will, is that they've begun testing the ride with weights. You remember a good while back, we talked about, you know, the ride car being on the track and, you know, different, like Jamie and I were almost describing them as like poles taped to the ride cars to check for like heights and people's arms out and things like that now they have added weights white weights in every other light cycle to test um those ride vehicles yeah this is this is really cool this is obviously a big step that they've got weights they've got safety nets up um just really really neat and seeing that they're they're testing it you know fingers crossed hopefully sometime soon this will open i mean because it's just been forever it feels like that they've been building this i have to say something that 
I, of course, thought was funny. And hopefully when you're listening to this, you find it even halfway as amusing as I did. We were driving behind um, Magic Kingdom, a way that we'll cut through kind of frequently. And we had my parents and Anthony in the car. And Anthony said, look, Gaga, what he calls my mom. It's Tron Light Cycle Run. And my mom's like, oh, yeah, it's not open yet, bud. And he's like, I'll be tall enough to ride it soon or like something to that effect. My mom says, how tall do you have to be to ride it? I said 48 inches. And Andrew's like, yeah, by the time it opens, he will be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, I think what what Anthony may actually be more excited about is the fact that when they finish Tron, the railroad may finally be will Well, not will may finally be. It will be open. So Anthony's excited about that because he truly doesn't even remember that Magic Kingdom had a railroad in it. No, that's 100% true. He does not remember that experience. We've, you know, showed him the train stations and, you know, talked to him about it being there, but he doesn't have any concept of having been on it because he was a little one it closed. Yeah, for sure. Do you want me to introduce the next story or you want to? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So the next story is that Disney has been distributing gift cards to guests with malfunctioning Magic Band Plus bands um, and resort guests whose bands have not arrived in time. So this becomes a situation because, holy crap, Disney, like, yet again, you launch a product before it's clearly ready to go. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the first boo-boo time and the second time when they were actually supposed to be out. Um, So some of the designs are consistently all malfunctioning. And, of course, issues with stock that anyone could have predicted have affected resort guests who had pre-ordered bands to be sent um, to be sent to their homes. So the, the biggest issue that they were having with certain designs was that the bands were not holding a charge at all, which, you know, minor detail when it has to, you know, do all this interactive stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is just a shame that people were probably looking forward to this. And I always think of, like, with Anthony, like, if you had told your child that, that something was going to be sent to them, they're really looking forward to maybe, like, a... Um, Captain America or Black Panther or something like that band or even Star Wars band and the fact that it's not there like how do you explain oh they gave us a gift card sweetie like you know sorry that your band's not here yeah yeah they're given a refund and then a $50 digital gift card to purchase a Magic Band Plus once they um, arrive at the resort of course the gift card does not have to be used to purchase a Magic Band but that's kind of like the the note that Disney's included saying that um you know, hey, we're sorry that this happened. Here's this $50 gift card to to cover you purchasing one in the future. But I agree with Andrew. Like, if, if your little one picks out a magic band and they get super pumped about it, to then hear, oh, oops, that kind of sucks. Right. Or could you imagine if Jamie's band didn't arrive in time? <laughs> It'd be worse than a child. <laughs> oh, he can't even defend himself because he's on a boat. In any case, <laughs> uh, hours have been extended at all four Walt Disney World theme parks through October 1st. So from uh, August 28th through October 1st, the park hours, um, you know, are are going big. <laughs> uh, Magic Kingdom will open at 8 a.m. and close at 6 p.m. on uh, not scary Halloween party days. Of course, opening half an hour early to park guests. Um, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. on non-park or non-party nights, and even some other dates in there, 9 a.m. until 11 p.m. And then, of course, that means that those guests staying at deluxe resorts and deluxe villas uh, who are lucky enough to experience the evening hours for those those resort guests, the, the park will then be open until 1 a.m., which is days of old, right, Andrew? 
Oh, absolutely. It's we we talk to friends that like have just moved down here recently within the last couple of years, and we talk about pre Anthony. I mean, going to the park on Friday, Saturday nights sometimes till one, two o'clock in the morning. I mean, I don't know that we ever did that as a non resort guest, but with extra magic hours, we always did. Yes, for sure. I mean, we took full advantage of you know riding Space Mountain six times in a row. You know, when we could. Now I don't know if we could do it more than twice. On our honeymoon, I made Andrew do Splash Mountain at like 1.30 in the morning and we got soaked and he was pissed. I was it, I, I think you're mixing up with the other time that we did Splash Mountain and we were bone dry and then we went on Pirates. Incorrect. No? It was okay. Splash Mountain on our honeymoon because the picture that I purchased of us that is in the balcony room, the 8 by 10 picture, we're both wet in. Okay, so yeah, so it was like. One o'clock in the morning. And you were not happy with me. No, because we were, we'd already gone on it once that night, I believe. And we were, I was like, we're testing fate. Like we, we got off and we weren't. Boo hoo. <laughs> Epcot hours also extended. Um, early entry will begin at 8 a.m. Everyone else will be at 8.30 um, through, let's see, 9 p.m. So typical um, end time there. Hollywood Studios is going to be opening at um, 8.30 a.m. So, again, early entry at 8 a.m., um, 9 p.m. close. No news on nighttime entertainment, but we'll get to that soon. And Animal Kingdom will still be opening at 8 a.m., but will be staying open an hour later until 8 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. So, um, typically, when they are extending park hours, it is because there is, you know, the whole supply and demand thing. A lot of people are picking up park pass reservations. A lot of people are staying on property. And that's really, really, really interesting when September is typically the least traveled month. Yeah, I, I said to you, Don, I hope that this is also an indication that they're, they know that this is the time when annual pass holders are the backbone of the people that come to the parks during these kind of quote unquote off times. So maybe they're hoping that annual pass holders will come after work, after school, whatever, um, and stay till those later hours. You know what? That's a beautiful transition. This was not the story I was going to do next, but I think that we should after what you were talking about with annual pass sure. holders. So this story is, I don't know. I don't want to call this clickbait because when I first read it, I was like, yeah, right. But when Andrew brought up the point that essentially he just, just said about, you know, the, the lull month that is September, uh, I don't know. So the statement is that Disney CFO, so the chief financial officer, Christine McCarthy, who in the past has proven to be a giant bimbo with the stupid things she says, um, said, and I quote, Disney could modify annual pass blackout dates if demand decreases. Now, let me be very clear and say that the first thing I said to Andrew when I saw the story was, I don't believe that that will happen. I believe that they will reopen the sale of annual pass before they would, would you know, open up some of these blackout dates here. But she did say, quote, to the extent which pertains you had lightened demand, you could loosen up some of those blackout dates to bring more people in the park and just enjoy the park and spend money while they're there. And also, as it relates to demand, we have not yet seen demand abate at all. And we still have many days when people cannot get reservations. So we're still seeing demand in excess of the reservations that we are making available for our guests. So maybe this is more of like a hypothetical, like, oh, yeah, we could totally lift blackout dates if we ever had to. But it certainly doesn't seem like they're going to have a need to do that anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of... It sounds to me almost like she's speaking out of both sides of her mouth that like, oh, we're going to talk about opening up blackout dates and dropping blackout dates 
but then also at the same time saying, well, we don't really need to, though, which I don't think makes much sense, but maybe they will. I mean, as we always say, making some money is better than no money. So if you want to fill up the parks, open up for the annual pass holders that want to come. Yeah, and it would definitely be interesting to see, too. And I know that Disney's around the numbers, so it's you know just a matter of that stuff's not publicly available. The breakdown per pass holder of what is spent for a Florida resident versus a non-resident. Because when you think about, like, this is when, you know, Jamie being an annual pass holder versus us is so interesting. Because every time that Jamie comes down, Jamie's family's staying on property. Jamie's family's buying meals. They're buying gifts for the kids. They're, they're spending money. Whereas when we go to the parks, yeah, sometimes we, you know, we'll go and spend money. We, we went to Chef Mickey's to celebrate Anthony starting kindergarten last week. So, I mean, we certainly do spend money, but oftentimes when we go to the park, like we might get like a snack, might eat a meal, but a little more rare. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're not buying souvenirs usually, again, maybe a snack, a meal, something like that. But yeah, I mean, we're not the big spenders. Let me take this opportunity while on the podcast to thank one of our most loyal listeners, Mr. G, for coming in with that uh, board game purchase for the kid. We appreciate you and we love you. Yes, for sure. Thank you. He's only been asking 10 times for since he saw it the last couple of weeks. And then we thought he forgot about it and he saw it when we went to Chef Mickey's in one of the stores. And now he's going to own it either for his birthday or for Christmas. So thank you, sir. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, Fantasmic return date is expected to be announced at the D23 Expo. And supposedly the show is already in testing. We are hoping that um, in the the presentation by President Josh Tomorrow, uh, excuse me, uh, Disney Parks Experiences and Products President Josh Tomorrow, on Sunday, um, September 11th, we're hoping that he will address uh, the future of the parks and hopefully the reopening date for Fantasmic. Yeah, for sure. I'm very excited about this. Um, he's saying that when the spectacular returns to Walt Disney World, it'll have a new sequence replacing Pocahontas scene. Uh, the concept art of the sequence indicated there will be references to Frozen, Moana, and Aladdin. Disney has confirmed it will feature Mulan, Elsa, Aladdin, Pocahontas, and Moana in what they are calling a in heroic moments and some new technical elements as well. Okay, so just to be clear, the only piece that Disney said was the the confirmed piece about Mulan, Elsa, Aladdin, Pocahontas, and Moana in the hero- heroic moments. Josh Tomorrow did not say the the other piece about oh, replacing sorry. the Pocahontas scene. I'm sorry, no, he did not. That's just a rumor, right? I mean, yeah, but it's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I'm kind of. Do you know how many times you said for sure tonight? I'm sorry. Um, I would. This is kind of bittersweet to me because Fantasmic. Pri- I will say prior to when they changed all of these other nighttime entertainment shows, it was definitely the bottom of my list. I mean, I would even take like the the what's the what's the thing on the Tree of Life called that they do? <laughs> Awakenings. Yeah, I would take Awakenings over Fantasmic previously, but I'll tell you what. I've, I think I flipped because it might be one of those things like what's the what's the saying like when you're far when some, something's far from your heart you miss it the most or something like that. I mean we haven't seen it in six or seven years and the fact that Anthony loved the version of it so much at Disneyland. Yeah but the Disneyland version wipes its butt with the former oh, Disney I'm, World version. Oh I'm well aware but even if it's like even if it's just a, a taste of Fantasmic. <laughs> I want to see his reaction. I want to see his face again because I know how much he's enjoyed it. And it is the only 
like nighttime show that he has never seen in his life at Hollywood Studios, I should say, at least here in Walt Disney World. He's he's seen Wishes, he's seen fireworks shows, he's been to Epcot, he's seen um, what the thing used to be at Animal Kingdom. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to for it to come back and to take Anthony. Yeah, I mean for sure. As a parent, oh, now I said for sure. Thanks, I really appreciate it. As a parent, it's really cool to see the parks through your kids' eyes. Um, Anthony had such a f- fun time in Disneyland. He was so excited to show off the little scrapbook we we made for him. You know, he showed everyone who's come to the house. He's brought up places with him, wanting to show everyone, telling everyone. Although today he did call Fantasmic epic when he was showing Mr. G. So that was hilarious. Uh, but, you know, just showing everyone what a great time he had and things like that. So I do, oh, I guess I look forward to it, to it coming back. I'm, I'm hoping that it is sooner rather than later and that it's not like over Christmas break when we're blocked out, you know, as annual pass holders. And I also hope that they have, that it comes, when it comes back, that it comes back with two shows. That way we can take them to an earlier um, show. Yeah. I, I hope also that they uh, keep the opening dance sequence because as many of our close friends, we know I have it memorized, you know, when Mickey conducts the, the water jets uh, and I don't want to learn new dance moves. Clearly. All right, next two uh, stories are both uh, revolving around Genie Plus. So this one's pretty big. An update to Disney's Genie Plus means guests can no longer make lightning lane selections for a second park before the 2 p.m. return window opens. So let's clarify this one a little bit here. Currently, guests must make a park, excuse me, make a reservation for their first park of the day visit that park, and then they're able to park up to a different park starting at 2 p.m., of course, provided the second park is not at capacity. So um, when you go in to make lightning lane selections, you cannot select from di- – uh, excuse me, guests can't select from different return windows. You can only select the next available return time. So until now, park hopping was the exception to the rule. So what that meant was when attempting to make a lightning selection for a second park, Genie Plus would automatically give guests the next available return time after 2 p.m., now they're saying, nope, you have to wait until 2 p.m. Um, in order to grab that um, return. So if you're in Epcot, for example, in the morning trying to get something for MK in the evening, Genie Plus will not let you do it um, unless the next return is already after 2 p.m. So let me say that in layman's terms. The really popular attractions, Splash Mountain, um, Space Mountain, things like that, will fill very quickly and it does fill beginning of the day to end of the day. So if you go in, you know, and 20 minutes after the park opens or, you know, something like a Slinky Dog Dash, it might already be gone because it's that popular. So those attractions, okay, fine. You can get that very early in the day. But for something that's not quite as popular, but might just be something your kid really wants to do, i.e. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, you have to wait until they are at that two o'clock time window. So essentially what was happening previously was two o'clock and on was getting slammed while the earlier time was getting slammed by people who are currently in that park. And this change is going to alleviate that perceived issue on Disney's end while causing a lot of people to get feathers up their butts. <laughs> yeah. I I see it both ways. I feel like the planner side of me, and I know that you're more of the planner when it comes to this, Donna, that if we were going to park hop, we'd want to know that we have things lined up when we get to the next park. 
I don't want to have to wait until 2 o'clock or after 2 o'clock when we get there. And then we're trying to get stuff and we're trying to time it up with dinner or time it up with rides for this or that. And I just, I don't get that. But I also get that they don't want every return time taken for the entire day by the people who are there already and the people that are planning to go there. So I, I understand both sides. I just feel like I think it's ridiculous. Just let people make whatever reservation they want and stop with all these restrictions. I almost wonder, and as I'm saying this out loud, I'm trying to formulate the best way to say it. I almost wonder if they're making this change knowing that we're not that terribly far away from Thanksgiving, which is always huge attendance. And maybe they're thinking that they're going to block the ability to park hop. So they wouldn't want someone to have a reservation, like pay for Genie Plus, have a reservation for another park and then not be able to go. Yeah, I could see that. And then the other piece becomes the second half of, I don't want to say second half of the story, but the second piece that we want to talk about Disney Plus, which is that um, according to Bob Paycheck, <clears throat> Chapek, over the last quarter, 50% of guests visiting Walt Disney World utilized Genie Plus. So he stated that um, up to 50% of guests during the busy holiday season were utilizing Genie Plus, while only a third of guests would purchase the service during non-peak times. On the Q3 earnings call, it was revealed that the baseline use of Genie Plus by guests had risen to 50%. So if that many more people were utilizing the service, maybe that was also part of the issue that they didn't want, you know, people who had a base ticket for Magic Kingdom and therefore purchased Genie Plus to be competing with someone who had a park hopper and a park reservation for Epcot that were chomping at the bit to get a rip to Magic Kingdom right at two. Yeah. I, 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 anything, whenever Bob Chapek speaks, I take it with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm not sure is, so is Lightning Lane under the umbrella of Genie Plus? Like, could they be lumping in people that say purchased a single Lightning Lane? I would think so. Yeah. So then maybe it is closer to 50% because I could say, I could see people like, hey, we really want to get on Rise or hey, we really want to do um, Guardians of the Galaxy and we couldn't get a return time or we, you know, we didn't get a group in, in the morning or we wanted to really want to do Remy. I could see somebody purchasing a single lightning lane. And as long as it's under that umbrella, then maybe I believe him that it could be close to 50%. Oh, I mean, he's a turd, but I don't think you can completely lie on an earnings call. It's just um, interesting in that maybe it is tied into the announcement of the the 2 p.m. kind of switch going away hopefully <laughs> no no i mean the 2 p.m. for genie plus selections is what i meant no that's right no i understand that that's what i'm saying that also that would go away as well because if they get rid of the not being able to park cop until a certain time wouldn't that theoretically mean that then you can't take you you can't hold people from getting genie plus until 2 p.m. because if you're in the park earlier then you can get another yeah. return time Anyway, last story we're going to end with is a good one. Bippity-boppity boutique reservations are now available for the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resorts. So guests between the ages of 3 and 12 can be transformed into a princess or a knight. Surprisingly, the package prices did not appear to have changed. The knight packages start at $19.95 for styled hair and a sword and shield. 
For $79.95, kids can also get a knight's costume. And the princess packages start at $99.95 for hairstyling, makeup, nail polish, a t-shirt, sash, and a cinch. They go up from there to include a princess gown and various accessories. So the boutique was closed for over two years and reopens on August 25th. Cast members got to preview the boutique earlier this week and still no news about the um, the other two Bippity Boppy Boutique locations at Disney Springs or at the Grand, Grand Floridian. One other piece of note, the um, previously called um, Fairy Godmothers in Training are now called Fairy Godmothers Apprentices uh, because they are going to have both male and female cast members working the salon. So that'll be fun for little boys to potentially get their, their night package uh, done by a male cast member, and it should be um, should be really fun. Yeah. I think it's interesting, though, Don, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'd like to hear your thoughts about the fact that it doesn't open until 1 p.m., that they don't... No, Andrew, the reservations opened at 1 p.m. that oh, day. Oh, sorry. I was trying to read the art. Donna reads much quicker than I do, so I was trying to keep up, and she was very quickly scrolling through the, the article. I didn't realize that. I still think, I mean, it makes me very glad that we don't have a little girl that would be into princesses because I'm sure every year for her birthday, we'd be getting her a Bippity Bappity Boutique um, reservation and $99 for pull your hair up really tight in a tight bun and let's throw some sparkles on it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely something that, you know, if we had had a girl, not a boy, we would have done at least once. But you're right. If it would have been like a birthday request, it's hard to say no. So um, for all of, all of you who have the little princesses that you treat um, to this makeover on your annual trips, you're good parents. Thumbs up to you. Yes. <laughs> all right. That is all. Jamie and I will be back with our main segment, Top 5 and 5. 